Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another one of our celebrations. Here we are in the full career of the winter festivals. We have uh, the menorah burning for Hanukkah. We have an angel in my background reminding me that we are in Advent. We have Diwali just a couple weeks past. And of course, the, the winter solstice. I think last week I called it the summer solstice. So that's a shout out to all of my friends in Australia. But the winter solstice is fast approaching. And as you look out into the evening sky, you can see uh, that it is getting darker earlier and earlier. And oh, by the way, if you look in the west, just right after sunset, you will see beautiful Jupiter and Saturn as they are joining in this dance of theirs that they make every 20 years. But this one is in particular because of, of the significance of it. It's something that hasn't been seen in 800 years. So many things. But first, let's just honor Hanukkah. This Sunday, if you are watching the service, then is the third day of Hanukkah. It began on sunset, November 10th. You know, there's, there's so much about that, and I don't want to get into the, the whole story. It's a rich and wonderful one, to be sure. But the essence of Hanukkah is this, that we can celebrate what is unique to us and still live within the context of a greater community. And that community can be our family, it could be our tribe, it could be our, our neighborhood or the, the town or the state that we live in, it could be our nation, it could be our species, but really we can celebrate what is ours and live in the diverse planetary community because that's where we're headed, right? What Hanukkah reminds us of, what Christmas reminds us of, what the winter solstice reminds us of, what Diwali reminds us of, is that we are moving from a me to a we, which is our tribe, to an us, which is this whole global consciousness. You know, one of the beautiful things that they say about the menorah is the center candle, which lights the other one, is called the shumash. It is the candle that lights all the other lights for all people to see. And the thing that they say is, you and I is to be the Shumash. The other thing that I want to talk about just briefly as I'm walking into the talk here is that this day that I'm filming is December 10th. And it is the anniversary of the passing of one of my spiritual heroes, Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton was a, a Trappist monk. He lived as a contemplative, and yet the world knows him. And he was, you know, he was truly the embodiment of what it means to be a contemplative in the world. You know, he lived that sense of, of living a contemplative life, a life of solitude, but at the same time being a global citizen. What he talked about was really how that sense of solitude afforded him the ability to be in prayer and in celebration for all life. You know, in his book, uh, Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander, he has this really beautiful writing. He says, in Louisville, at the corner of 4th, which is now Muhammad Ali Boulevard, 
and Walnut in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another even though we were total strangers. This changes nothing in the sense and value of my solitude, for it is in fact the function of solitude to make one realize such things with a clarity that would be impossible to one completely immersed in other cares. My solitude, however, is not my own. It is because I am one with them that I owe it to them to be alone. And when I'm alone, they are not they, but my own self. There are no strangers. If we could only see each other that way all the time, but this cannot be seen, only believed, and understood by a peculiar gift. That gift of grace, that gift of insight, that gift that comes to us when we can quiet ourselves from all the distractions, when we can find that inner, still, small voice within to be in touch with that divine essence which is there and available for each and every one of us. Um, you know, what it speaks about is this. So I think that, that probably, um, um, you know, what I want us all to remember is this. You are not alone. And that you have merit and worth. And that we're all part of something that is greater, more beautiful, more complex, that is evolving. That it is, it is bigger than any individual self. You know, our, our individual self is just a small aspect of who you and I truly are. The person that we are is a global citizen, is a member of something greater than us. It is us being a center of divine consciousness within the vast whole. It is us, as Tehart says, being evolution become intentional. You know, and it's, it's um, you know, whatever conditions that we may be experiencing on our own, it's to remember that we're even bigger than those things. You know, Ernest Holmes, the, the founder of uh, our New Thought denomination would say this, he would say, you know, see the condition that's happening on the outside and heal it on the inside. See the conditions of, of poverty, of loss, of lack, of sorrow that is so prevalent in the world and heal it on the inside because that is part of what we do in our solitude that allows us to be these these global citizens that we are you know i love that uh, opening song from from peggy lebo and her her album that she so generously shares with us here at the hilltop center and she she asks this question she asks what path do you follow? What is your path of light, your own individual path of light? And I would ask this, does your path bring you joy or does it bring you despondency? Is it a path of light or is it a path that is heavy and dark? 
Is it a path that, as Andrea said in her opening uh, greeting and meditation, is it a path that fills you with wonder and awe? Or does it fill you with a sense of um, despair or boredom? Is it a path that fills you with love? Or is it a path in which you feel separate? Because you know, it is our path. And, and each of us can discern if we are on the correct path, if we experience those beautiful gifts of the divine, joy, compassion, love, understanding, generosity, empathy. If, if our path inspires us to feel those things, we are on the right path. And um, the other thing that she talks about in her, her song is this part that, you know, the whole world right now is dependent on you and I to find and discover that song of our soul, that song that fills us with amazement and wonder and awe. And, uh, you know, what she also goes on to say there is, um, um, you know, this is the path of light. There's a writer that I really like. Her name is Dion Fortune. She's a great old occultist. You know, she's one of those great war horses, but I love her stuff so much. She wrote a book called The Magical Battle of, of Britain. But one of the things that she talks about in that is she says that she was, she was approached by her students and other people, and they asked her at the very beginning of the war, when, when this was the Second World War, when will the war end? And she says, I can't tell you when it will end, but I can tell you how it will end. It will end when the conditions that started it have been resolved. When the thoughts and the beliefs behind the separation that created the, the war, when those things are resolved, then the war is resolved. And you know, I, I think that that's timeless wisdom for us today. Because we can ask ourselves, you know, with the vaccination that's coming on, online here, or the things that are beginning to happen, or, you know, where we're watching this pandemic and, and all the suffering and all the sorrow that it, is, uh, that it is creating, when will it end? We don't know when it will end, but we know how it will end. It will end when the conditions that set it in motion are resolved. And again, you know, just like the Second World War wasn't fixed with the defeat of, the, of the, the, the Nazis, you know, there was still a lot of work and healing that had to be done. You know, this pandemic is not going to get over when we have a shot in our arm. You know, the issues of the pandemic are going to be resolved when we begin to realize that we are global citizens. And that there is a responsibility that each and every one of us has, a, um, has something to do. And, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the greatest lies that is perpetrated in the world today is the lie that says you don't matter. That your voice is too small for the cacophony of the group mind. That your vote doesn't count. That, that things are just too big. But you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. There's this uh, Quaker saying that I absolutely love. It says, you know, many hands make easy work, 
when we're all in it together, when we're all doing our part, when we're all following the song of our soul, then it is with elegance and ease and grace that anything can and can be resolved. And, uh, and, and let, me, let me offer this as a, a practice of how we get there, how we begin to create this sense of global consciousness. But, uh, but more than just get that consciousness, how that consciousness then begins to inspire us to act. And the, the first thing is this, is, is think about that quote from Barbara Brown Taylor. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful quote where she says this. She says, Earth is so thick with divine possibility that it is a wonder that we could walk anywhere without cracking our shins on altars. It begins with this recognition that we live in a God-soaked universe. That wherever we are, wherever we're looking, we can see the activity of spirit manifesting itself inviting us into an experience of itself. Just like Thomas Merton said, you know, we can stand on a street corner and everywhere we look, we see God. And every face we see, we fall in love. To allow ourselves that peculiar gift of getting outside of ourself to find our, our true self. The other thing is this, the second quality that I would offer in our practice is this, is what if the thing you fear most is the very thing that is draining you of your personal power? And then how we take the authorship, the authority back into our own life. And here's the good news is you don't have to do it alone. You know, find a friend whom you trust. Here at the Hilltop Spiritual Center, we have practitioners who are, who are trained in the science of affirmative prayer and the art of compassion listening. You know, they have listened to the song in their soul to be of service in prayer and in listening and in compassion and empathy. And they are, they are available and cooperators are standing by. If you are feeling that you are losing personal power because of something that you fear, you can go to our website, you can find a way to communicate with one of our practitioners and reach out to them. I promise you, they will pray with you. They will be with you. They will help you to move from fear to a greater experience of joy and love in your life. And the third thing is this, and I talked about this last week. It's, it's that idea of remembering uh, senior life-saving. In a sense, you and I are being called to be spiritual lifeguards right now. And the first thing that they teach you in training as a lifeguard, the first thing they teach you in, in senior life-saving is this, keep yourself alive because you can be of no service to anyone else if you're dead. You know, what happens in senior life-saving is that you, you know, if somebody's out drowning and you swim out to them, the first thing that they do is they grab hold of you, then you both sink and you both drown. And so the best way to support somebody is being able to support and protect and keep yourself 
in good place. And especially this time of year, self-care is an important thing. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is allowing you, like Thomas Merton talks about, to be filled with that light and grace so that you can be of service to someone else. It's not about you. It's about who you are in the world and your best self is a self that is rested and nourished and inspired and filled with amazement and wonder and awe, not exhausted and despondent. That doesn't help. So the best way that you can help the world is to take care of yourself. Be tender with yourself during this time, really. And, um, and then always remember something else. And again, I wanna honor Thomas Merton. A couple weeks before he was killed, he was giving a lecture to a group of Asian monks. So the preference is brothers. But he was giving a, uh, a lecture to a group of Asian monks in Calcutta. And he said this, but, but you know, it is a truth that goes beyond a monastery. It is a truth for each and every one of us. And he writes, my dear brothers and sisters, we are already one but we imagine that we are not. What we have to recover is our original unity. What we have to be is what we are. And so my prayer for each and every one of us during this amazing and wonderful and holy time is to remember who we really are and to recognize as we look out into the world, it's not me, it's not even we, it's us, all creation in this God-soaked planet that spins as a beautiful blue being dot planet in a God-soaked universe. Thank you so much. Many blessings. And so again, thank you for being part of our celebration. I'm just so thrilled that you, you take the time to, to be together with friends and family or just maybe even alone to watch our, our, our services. And I, I want to remind you that our Christmas Eve service, we've got some really beautiful things set up for this. It's going to be lovely. It'll drop about 6.30 Christmas Eve night, so, you know pour yourself a, a lovely holiday glass of cheer and, and be with your friends or family who you were with on Christmas Eve and please share it with us. It would be an honor to, to be with you then. And I also wanna be just, you know, kind of honest and clear with you. We are so dependent on you right now. We really are. Uh, we are, you know, our, our doors aren't closing, you know, the lights are still on, but we've had to make adjustments and, um, now more than ever, as this year is closing, you know, it's, it's, we're dependent on each other. And so your, your continual gifts, your generosity, your support that you are giving is so crucial. And so from the bottom of my heart, and I extend this sense of gratitude from the practitioners, from the board of trustees, to all who call this place their spiritual home, this is a worthy endeavor. And so thank you for supporting us. And again, as I say, well, before I say,
watch Jupiter and Saturn. It is amazing. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week because it is the solstice. Uh, but watch them in the evening. They're gorgeous. Watch them getting closer and closer. But what I want to say, as I say all the time, is to those whom you love and those whom you receive love from, I wish you many, many, many blessings.